Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Unnamed English Minds podcast. We've had a busy few weeks shuttling across Europe for reasons both related and unrelated to Minds Fünf, but we are back in my kitchen again and ready to cook up what can only be described as probably about 45 minutes or so of audio content. My name's Connor, joining me as always is Sheridan Gouda, Mr. Spunderkies. Moin, Herr Garrett, how are we doing? I am not too bad. Um, I feel like I'm on a higher ebb than I would have been if we had still only got one point on the board. And we have doubled our points tally since we last spoke. <laughs> Took two games. <laughs> um, but there we go. How are you? I, well, yeah, I would say that I'm on a high ebb as well because we have doubled our points tally and we're no longer bottom of the Bundesliga table. So there is reason to celebrate. I sadly, however, was at both of the last games. And for that reason... My mood isn't as good as it possibly could be. Yeah, I mean, as you probably noticed, we didn't get an episode up last week. Uh, not because we were in too bad a mood, it just didn't really work out with various plans. Um, Sheridan, before we recorded, told me he remembers nothing about the game. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't watch the highlights. So it's going to be interesting to discuss this, but I think we should briefly mention it. Um, so you've got some bullet points written down on the plan, talk me through them. I've, yeah, I've just had to absolutely rack my brain and try and remember what happened in the Leverkusen game because it was one of those where I could watch the game and suffer through Bo Svensson's terror football or I could have a few drinks and enjoy Bo Svensson's terror football. In the end, I had a few drinks and suffered through it anyway. Uh, but no, I, I, thinking back on it, I think... I think the problem I've got actually is it was the, the first half at least was probably the most boring 45 minutes of football I've ever seen because nothing happened. We set up in a way, like we went into the game, we was talking to the boys before the game, we went into the game joking, is it going to be 5, 6 or 7 today? That's the mood we were going into it with, like we are going to get spanked today whether we like it or not um, because we're shocking, Leverkusen are sensational, Xabi Alonso's got them playing some wonderful football this season. And the, uh, the the table tells you that story anyway. Um, but we kind of parked the bus and Leverkusen didn't want to get on the bus. Like They, they were content to just stand there. So there was a 10-minute period towards the end of the first half where they just knocked the ball around the front of our defence. We didn't press. They didn't try and break through. And it was... It was like watching a training exercise. You could that, hear that Simpsons clip of. Uh, it, honestly, it was yeah. like trying to the Americans trying to work out why people enjoy football, and it and it was like the best holds part. It. <laughs> holds it. <laughs> the best part about it was when the halftime whistle went, and thirty three thousand people went. Oh, thank Christ for that! Like, let's go and get a beer. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things like looking at the where we came from in the performances before then. Uh, the impression I kind of got from reading like live blogs and people's opinions on the game was that we at least kind of were a little bit solid and better, but the mistakes were still there. And it's like one of those things where you make a game quite tight and like fairly even in terms of the statistics if you look at shots on goal and all that kind of stuff um where there was i think probably if you watched it there'd have been very clearly one better team in the game and obviously they ended up winning mm. um but at least from our perspective it's kind of like well there is even from a defeat against such a good team there is probably still something you can take from it and i think based on what you're saying there that seems to be something that we then kind of carried into friday night's game in gladback where very much first half first 20 minutes or so is very much like <laughs> come on then yeah exactly. come have a go exactly uh, and, uh, it is very passive very very defensive sitting very deep but I think sometimes it is one of those things where we've discussed this already on the podcast this season it's one of the biggest cliches in English football at least about earning the right to play and we haven't done that this season so not we kind of 
you know, maybe in that game and a half that we're talking about now, Leverkusen and Gladbach, maybe it was kind of necessary to kind of go back to basics a little bit, build up a bit of a so- more solid foundation, mm. and then let the flower open. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the biggest problem I've got with it is there's everyone, or not everyone, what does everyone mean? But, you know, the, like you say, these blogs, people talking about how we were much better defensively and we looked more solid um, and kind of really talking about getting back to the old kind of minds where we just don't let goals happen. Well, the problem is we apparently looked better. We looked more solid, but we still conceded three goals yeah. and we didn't really look like scoring ourselves. And all of this talk about things being better because we're more solid and we're more, it's more of a defensive unit and stuff. It's like, well, it's all well and good, but that's what I expect of a Bundesliga club. And that is what I expect of a Bundesliga club that has been in the league for the last 15 years. And last season was quite seriously challenging for Europe. And, you know, we've gone from this quite seriously challenging for Europe to, hold on, lads, we, you know, we've got five across the back and we're only conceding two goals a game instead of three goals a game. And there's too much talk about things looking better without things actually getting better. Yeah, I think you need you need the... Because, I like we said, a lot of the issues that we've had in the first seven games of the season have not so much been like... Well, there have been problems with performances, but I think a lot of the time the performances have not been as bad as the scoreline. It's that in individual moments we're making stupid mistakes and it's small moments that can lead to a goal that are really crucial in football because mm. it's a low-scoring game. One goal can really decide where three points goes. Yeah. Uh, and it's in those small moments where, like, you know, for 80 minutes you play well, but then you concede that, yeah, if you're not creating enough or if you're you're not scoring enough goals at the other end, you do end up going back from zero points. So, yeah. Like against Union, like defensively, it was appalling, but we still scored uh, a goal. A goal, and we missed two penalties, and we yeah. created a few more chances that we were annoyed to have missed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, against Frankfurt, like we missed a few decent chances. Yeah. Uh, could probably should and should have should have scored more. Uh, and then if you go back through the the matches over the weeks since then, I think it's it. Some of it is uh, that confirmation bias of like. We start the season poorly in terms of results, and then therefore that then has a knock-on impact on performances. Partly it was like injuries, partly it was players out of position, all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's never been like zero out of ten bad. Um, and then when you're trying to like then bed in and just kind of like, oh, let's do a five out of ten performance and see if this gets us three points by mm. just letting Brian Greer rifle in from thirty yards. Um, like that can work, but also it's like what well, we've ne- we've not been playing bad enough necessarily to need to go back to basics. But at, at least in that we've gone back to basics, you know that there was a little bit more solidity, and it is a basis to then hopefully improve from now because we we are we've, we've been getting points well below our level as a team. I think. Yeah, I, I yeah, I one of the the big problems is like you say, I don't think we've necessarily had a, an awful performance that like you said it hasn't been a real zero out of ten where you've come away going we should have been whipped nine nil today yeah. like that is that's just the worst thing I've ever seen. But there's there's not been a good performance either. No, for sure. And, and and I think it's kind of coming in a little bit where like as we go along our attacking performances get worse or less creative. Yeah. Uh and yeah, we just become a lot more sort of stable and just trying to yeah keep it a nil-nil for as long as possible which I think with such a leaky defence is not a great idea I would probably be like I don't know I think basically what we're doing is not maximising the uh, abilities of the players that we've got and what we're doing instead is just kind of like trying to maximise maybe a couple of individual players that are weak points trying to sort of make them less obvious yeah. uh, weak points in the team but Speaking of players in the team, we should probably look at the, the um, team selection for Gladbach away uh, and then go into that game. Uh, yeah, of course. Speaking in 
in sort of the generalities that we've done so far. So um, two changes between Leverkusen and Gladbach. Um, so Tom Krause came in for Dominic Kaur and Ludo Kajor came in for Karim Manisivo. Otherwise, it was as we were. So very much the three, mm-hmm. the, well, the five, three, two, five, two, three, whatever you want to say it is terrible that we've been playing. Um, <laughs> and like, like I kind of mentioned in the build-up, first 20 minutes or so it's just all bad back in my opinion yeah it was 100% even watching from the stands is you could, you know that the, we were into it there's there's plenty of us travelled the one good thing I would say about Mites is we, we you know we tend to travel well despite poor results so we took I think 1500 of us were in Gladbach on the Friday night yeah. which is a decent number for a team bottom of the league haven't played well Friday night football yeah I mean it's fairly um, consistent with where we would be if we were playing well as exactly well. yeah but, so we've yeah. got a, a, a very core fan base which is great um, and, and you know we were enjoying being at the game so you have your usual everyone's right up for it in the first 20 minutes but you could hear the ripple of frustration going through the away end of almost like here we go again because you could just see like you say how passive we were the opening 20 minutes were alright they looked reasonably solid and Gladbach only created a couple of half chances which on a different day would have bounced into the bottom corner or ricocheted into the wall or whatever um, but like I said you, and then the goal came after 21, 22 whatever it was and as soon as the goal went in, again, there was another ripple through the away end of, Jesus, like, yeah, this was coming. Like, we just knew this was going to happen. Well, and the thing, the fact is, I mean, so the atmosphere on TV, I feel like, came through quite well. Like, you could, quite often, I feel like, in German football, because there is just the, like, monotone singing from the home fans, where it's kind of like, this is not really it. Mm. It, it, like it's not really an up and down atmosphere it's just like we're just going to sing the same song for 45 minutes a lot of the time Yeah, uh, and that's not meant as a criticism it's more just a, an observation that like quite often like in that game the Gladbach stand was not really making much energy but like it was quite loud kind of thing uh, from yeah. what I heard on TV we're about to get cancelled by Bundesliga we, football we Twitter are, because of that but I mean this is this is true <laughs> but then there were points where I feel like the mindset kind of surged a little bit yeah. particularly uh first few minutes of the game and then after we scored as well uh, the couple of times then yeah, like yeah. it really came through on the on the on uh, on on the microphones by the pitch and i think that's not necessarily that typical of bundesliga atmospheres it is typical but in terms of coming through on the tv i think quite often it's just you hear the cacophony of noise you don't necessarily pick out what's yeah. going on well certainly when you're playing away in a 50,000 55,000 exactly. that's, that's what i mean by that's... that kind of thing it's like you would just expect to hear the gladback fans yeah, there's more so, of yeah. them there kind yeah. of thing uh, and they are just singing along even if they're kind of checking their phone kind of thing <laughs> uh, so uh yeah I, I thought it sounded really good but it's then one of those things where you're just so frustrated that it's not matched on the pitch. Yeah. Because, again, we concede the same goal we've been conceding all season. Yeah, 100%. Ball comes in from wide. Uh, players unmarked by about three defenders who just don't see him coming. Yeah. I mean, you can maybe forgive them not marking Florian Neuhaus because he's not a renowned header of a ball. No. Uh, he's but... very much a uh, artisan of the football, I'd say. He's a very, very creative player, good with his feet. But, yeah. you know, I think I would probably beat him in an aerial duel. So I don't know why Stefan Bell or someone's not going up against him. Why, I, why, I don't need to worry because I feel like if a ball was crossed into the Mike's box, like I would have time to get down from the stands, sneak around the back and get <laughs> up and nod, one, yeah, exactly, yeah. and nod one into the top corner myself. <laughs> like, the way we're defending crosses at the moment is, well, we repeat it every podcast. I, I, I'm running out of, I don't know, FIFA commentator, you're running out of superlatives to describe how shit we are defensively for balls into the box because it is, it's just... 
time after time after time, ball into the wide area, where we've all stood around and gone, uh-oh, lads, like, there's a ball coming into the box, right? You do that, I'll do this, and then nobody does anything. And by the time we've decided that we should probably think about doing something and got the old whiteboard out and started checking the tactics, like you say, the smallest, pan, uh, smallest man on the pitch has already nodded the ball into the top corner, and he's halfway to the corner flag to do a little knee slide. So... Yeah, I mean, like, let's point out, Florian Melhouse is tall, but he's lanky, so he's like, it's kind of like if a giraffe scored a goal. <laughs> uh, I mean, actually, a giraffe scoring a header wouldn't be that weird, but you just they're not going to get the power on it with the neck, are they? So uh, The worst time to take a sip of a beer. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, apologies for that, listeners, if you heard any uh, untoward noises there. Or, indeed, for the mental image. Uh, thankfully, we didn't have to sit on that feeling for very long in the game. I think I was probably annoyed for about a minute because just out of absolutely nothing, Brian Gruder turns on a sixpence and rifles one of the corners. I reckon this is going to be my favourite goal of the season for that exact reason because you've got 20 minutes of, of passive nothingness when we're going, ah, oh, now here we go again. Gladbach get the, the first goal with just absolute classic mites. Um, uh, goal against us this season and in the entire away ends going oh, you know, here we go right okay let's try and get back into the sauce come on and and then the ball's come out because we've won a corner and the ball's just been played short to Gruden nobody's picked him up nobody's thought to come and pick up the man stood on the edge of the box takes one touch looks up and goes have some of that and just <laughs> belts it into the top corner and the, the place like exploded it was an unreal feeling because it's the first time this season Gruder's been the light of our season anyway. Yeah. He is probably the most one of the only players probably the only player that I can say, do you know what? I wouldn't sell you in January. Like, <laughs> he has been wonderful and he is going to be wonderful for the rest of his career, I'm convinced of it. Um and you could you can hear it because all of this frustrating in mind as soon as the ball came out to him, you 1500 of us just went <laughs> just just hit it. Like yeah. at this point who cares? Just have a go. And he's had a go and it I was stood right behind it, so it's not even rifled into the top corner. It's kind of Roberto Carlos slightly swerved away and then bit, come yeah. back inside. So nice. And it's just, oh, mate, the elation when that goal hit the corner. I was up on the fence. I was flying up the fence trying to, and then I realised that it was only our seating block next to us, so I was giving it to our own fans. <laughs> we, we were having a good time. And I, it's just one of those, like, we've been asking for someone to do this all season, to just kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck and go... We need to do something about it now. I'm going to do something about it. Bosh, I've done something yeah. about it. Come on, boys. And I think the most... Frust- if you're going to take a frustration out of what is potentially our goal of the season, it has taken an 18-year-old to be brave enough to go, sod this, have it. <laughs> I think... So, firstly, well, three, three thoughts now, basically. I was going to leave with two, but you've given me another one I'm going to start. start Happy to help. Uh, so, I think sometimes that's why a young player is so good yeah. in terms of like just taking on the shot that... An experienced Bundesliga man yeah. would just be like, I can, I can pass this six yards sideways. Yeah, he's still uh, got that arrogance. He's still got that arrogance. It's like, I've, I've just been playing shitters in the under 19 league yeah. for ages. I'm just going to whack it top bits. Yeah. I don't care about it. Hello, mate. This is who I am. Have a piece of this. Second four, and this was my main four. So I, this has been percolating in my mind ever since it happened. That goal is like stereotypical. Uh, like FIFA Street Game Breaker. Like, I don't yes, know if you ever played yes. FIFA Street back in the Great day. Great shout. Uh, but it's like, it's very much like one of those things where basically, like, the momentum is all glad back at that yeah. point. And then someone's just, like, somehow just, like, produced that incredible shot. Yeah. No stopping it. Or, like, a goal from the moment it left his foot. Yeah. And uh, it just completely sucked all of the, their momentum and, in theory, should have given it to us and, yeah. like, just, I don't know. It's like, great. Change, as well, change, complete change of the game. And it's, it's an interesting thing in that. 
I think basically that Gladbach has sapped them of all of their energy. Yeah. Like I think mm. Alison Player, for example, had, had like you say a couple of half chances where he'd made some really intelligent runs and yeah. just, the final ball wasn't right. That didn't happen for the rest of the half. Yeah. Uh, the the annoying thing is, other than Brian Bruder, no one seemed to, yeah. in a match shirt seemed to gain any energy from it. It was so it's great he was so well. busy. He was running around everywhere, but because like you say, the game breaker, like as he lined up to hit it, like time did slow down. Yeah. And everyone's going, oh, oh, you could almost hear the PlayStation Two commentator going, yeah. watch out, watch out, boom, and then he hits this thing, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> rifled into the postage stamp. Oh, we need to we need to get some video editing software on my laptop so we can make that. I'm going to do that. Every goal we score, even if it's a one yard tapping, <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah I, one of my favourite lines of commentary from, I think it's FIFA Street 2, is whenever someone went for a header, it goes, leaps like a salmon. <laughs> you can use that for Florian Neuhaus's goal, probably. So, uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, so, uh, the third point on Brian Grudel yes. and his goal uh, is that, like I say, that's the first time that's happened this season where a player has just taken an individual moment and really mm. grabbed the scrap out of the neck. The unfortunate thing is, because we don't really have an attacking structure, like, we were so deep that, like, Azure had nobody with the same postcode as him. For yeah, no, he game. didn't. That's true. Uh, actually, that's what our game needs, is, like, players to take yep. a little bit of control and sort of take the, in, like, in an individual moment, just be like, well, you know, this is my moment now 100%. kind of thing. Brian Gruder, I'm sure, will continue to do this, but I just, there's a few players I just don't see them kind of doing it no, there's, the rest of the season. I think they're, they're players that perform well in a structure. Mm. So we actually, although that was a great moment, I'd like to see more of them. Like We, we shouldn't be like hoping that this happens more and no, more because we should actually be creating chances as a team. No, of course you shouldn't. And, and, and you should be, like you say, creating more chances as a team and you should look better going forward. But you do need that to happen when the chips are down, as it were. You yeah. do need somebody you need, to you step need to up. To, you and need to be able to do both. Just fly one into the top corner. And I was, I was actually thinking, or I've been thinking into the week going into the Gladbach game. I don't remember the last time Mike scored a screamer. Like I don't remember the last time somebody did just step one and just ping one into the top corner from thirty yards. Um, so it was, oh mate, it was so good to see. Um, and and I come back to the point that I'm disappointed that it has taken the eighteen year old to step up and do that. You know, there's, we've got players in the team like Jura Jorks that scored a couple of... Actually, there you go. There's your screen, mate. Jorks goal at Hertha away last season where he's kind of spun on the edge of the box yeah. and then curled one or into the top corner. Leipzig as well. Was like or Leipzig was an outrageous there, yeah. finish as well where the ball's come in and he's kind of, from a standing position, just flipped it over the top yeah. of the keeper's so head. So the last goal that was like, this could be our goal of the month competition we scored was Aron versus Schalke probably where it was his free kicks. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, so, but like honestly, if he's going to do I th- the, the worry you have now is he's got he's got his confidence up, and he's going to be trying to ping one in from all angles. Like Shabalala at the World Cup in twenty ten. I just I feel like I'm throwing all the references in this, today. This, but like, like he scored that incredible goal in the opening game, and just the rest of the group yeah. stage is just like no. that's another one for yards. No, we'll we'll put but it down to Gr- the ball Gruder's mate, the, quality. Uh, I think like we we discussed this in an earlier pod is he's not too quick on trying to do that and actually it's a, it's a case more that we want him to shoot more than we want him to shoot less because we were saying he, d- he just takes that extra touch that moment he doesn't top top corner yeah absolutely keep, keep doing that and I'm sure he will uh, it is very very exciting uh, to see uh, and we'll definitely be filling more minutes of the podcast over the coming months uh, we're talking about him because you know it's one of the only nice things to talk about at the moment <laughs> to be part of this so uh, let's get a vibe check from the ground at half time Sheridan how was it? drunk it was an away day on a Friday night. No, it was uh, it was what you would expect it to be in the away end of a German ground. No, it was good. We people were buzzing. You know, I, I say buzzing. People were intrigued that we weren't 
losing. You know, we're not going to get a beer and going, oh, look, here we go again. And, and you know, what's happened to us? And they usual kind of questions about why is he playing and who does he think he is? It was kind of, did you see what Gruder just did? Like, he's just rifle yeah. one into the top corner. Did as it comes. Oh, yeah. And yeah, honestly, <laughs> you're still in the queue, like getting beers and everyone's got their phones out with Dazalm up showing up. <laughs> like, Look at this. That was a Minds player, lads. Jesus. Um, but no, it was it was positive. It was it was good fun. Yeah. So second half, um, I think we really improved quite a lot. I think actually first, basically up until our goal, um, I think we really were the team that was taking the initiative in the game. Um, so I think Gruder again had a few sort of good touches, getting into good positions, not not being able to get to a, a shot or creating something for anyone. But you could see that he was beginning to tire. Um, I think Lee was involved quite a lot and was just stinking the place out. He was, he was like getting into really good positions and then just making the stupidest possible. Honestly, in, like... Including like passing balls out for a throw-in where it's like an easy five-yard pass and all this kind of stuff. If we can stink out the uh, the vibes of the podcast, like just sell him in January. Just, it's a controversial opinion. Yeah, don't even sell him. Just, just, <laughs> just get rid of him. Just, yeah. I don't understand what the point in Jason Lee is at this stage. Like just, and the fact, he's 31-year-old and who looked crap at the end of last season... Then got a three-year deal because we realised that we didn't have any ideas of who to go and get in the transfer market, and has continued to prove he's what's he got his one goal this season, which again I think yeah. both of us would have scored anyway. No, I don't think I would have scored. Like, Kevin Trapp had gone flying into a different postcode. He wasn't even in the he stadium. He logged in with the header, so I mean, Kevin, yeah, because he was on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> fair um, point. Uh, like just just get rid of the man. Like just yeah, if you're bringing least, in the likes of I don't see the point in Marco Richter. Sitting on the bench. No, I don't see the point in Marco Richter. You can't <laughs> stop that. But uh, all I would say with Jason Lee is like I, I think the player that we loved before is still in there somewhere. He still does a lot of the same things. It's just not coming off. He's not playing well. Don't play him until he's yeah ready. Yeah, uh, and you know it might be that he's performing really well in training. Yeah, uh, but he's proven he's, he's clearly not doing it on the exactly, pitch. So yeah. either put him in there in a different role or just let him have three weeks out of the team let someone play themselves into form or if they're going to be so bad and then it might just be like well at least we know we're going to get the 4 out of 10 yeah. fours from Jason we, Lee we have options on the bench to replace this consistent 4 out of 10 performance yeah and like you said we have I don't like this both stubbornness in not going actually do you know what you've been crap for 7 games including the back end of last season you won't go so you've got 10 games on the back yeah, it's, it's since February really or you've got 10 consistent 4 out of 10s Sit on the bench and think about what you've done, you yeah. naughty boy. Yeah. It's somebody else's go. Yeah, no, I, I said February. I think he came back from the international break in March and just wasn't the same player. No, yeah. I think he probably got body swapped. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, who knows? But anyway, uh, so wh- where we should probably give Bo credit, uh, which we've not done very much this season, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll start to give him some more credit. Absolutely. Let's, let's start the snowball rolling. He made quite an early attacking sub in this game, which is rare for him. Very uh, rare. And I was not, I was kind of half happy, half sad about it because, on the one hand, um, Gruder was coming off and Barcock was coming on. Yeah. So it's like, well, this isn't great, is it? No. I, and then, uh, secondly, uh, Jay Sung Lee was coming off and Al- Anwar El Ghazi was coming on. And I was like, oh, yes. Yes. I finally get to see a bit more of what El Ghazi's about. Yeah. And we've already discussed Jason Lee's performance. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of it was kind of one of those ones where it's like, well, I think I think the net impact of this is gonna be positive. And then immediately the two of them were combining a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was I um I hadn't seen your tweet because <laughs> when he came on you said something about Barcock being No, that wasn't when he came on. So when he came on I turned to Sophie on the sofa. Yeah. because uh, we were watching on TV. Uh, and I was like, oh, 
I'm basically what I said then. It's like, I think this is a net positive, but yeah. I don't know. Exactly what we said in the stadium as well. It was like, and coming on is Eamon Barcock. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> uh, which it, I think it's funny because I don't know if like in the wider fan base if he's seen quite as negatively as it as he is within our specific group where he's just kind of a he's hated within our group but not, I, I wouldn't say hated I just think like not rated like re, like to to a quite extreme degree yeah no I, I think the the general kind of point of view is is like he's he's not as he's shit why do we bother with these players yeah um, but he, yeah he came on like so it was just there was just another groan and I think the groan was mainly because Grud has gone off. Rather yeah. than uh, Barcock coming on, but also like as an eighteen-year-old, he—I don't know how what he's got in the tank. He's potentially only got 60, 70 minutes in him at the moment. Yeah. By the end of the season, he's probably got ninety. Yeah. But worked. given where injuries have been as well, but given where injuries, yeah. you don't want to risk him. Um, but yeah, he, he came on and there was ah, oh, here we go. Um, but all of a sudden, the, he's found uh, fifty meters of space in front of him on the left-hand side. He's got the ball down. And he's got his head up, and it's the same as the Gruder situation of taking the scruff of the, the, the game by the scruff of the neck. And rewind, pause, um, rewind, stop. Right. So that did happen, and we will come on to that. But the reason I sent my tweet ah, yes. was what happened about a minute, two minutes before. I would say about ninety seconds before, uh, where Amar Ghazi makes a really nice turn, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, the right hand side of the Gladbach defence is just not there. Yeah, I have no idea where it was. Yeah. Uh, if anyone finds it, then please take it to Borussia Park. And Lost show, and found. <laughs> and show where it is. Uh, but all of a sudden, you've got Eamon Barcock in absolute acres of space. Yeah. Uh, you know, goalkeeper's coming out towards him. Uh, but he's got time to take a touch and shoot. And what does he do? He shoots straight at the goalkeeper. And I was like, anywhere else, that's a goal. Yeah, because Jason uh, Lee was, did the same thing five minutes earlier yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, well... Like you're you're coming on to do better than that. Yes. Uh, and he, in that particular moment, he like yeah he did like the worst possible thing that you yeah. could have done in that. He like put either side of the goalkeeper is probably a goal. Yeah. And at least if you find a corner and the keeper saves it, then it you've goes worked out for a corner him. or yeah you've yeah. worked him into it kind of thing. Whereas the keeper's just come out and hit him in the middle. Really. Yeah. Uh, so I was so annoyed and I was like, this is just what I was saying when he came on. Yeah. But like he must train incredibly well because my god he's absolutely useless every time I see him. Essentially, you think, oh, what a clever guy I am. Look up, the, look up at the TV, and again, Algarzi's found Barcock. In this time, not in so much space. Like you say, fifty yard run. He's just I don't know where like where he's got it from because I've never seen him. I I personally, he's up there with Jason Lee for me. If just get rid of him in January, I just I do not rate the man at all. And the balls come out to him. On like you say the the right hand side of the Gladbach defence, who are still looking around trying to find out where they should be, realizing that they've never allowed this much space on a professional football pitch before. Probably thinking, I oh, don't worry about it, lads. It's, it's aim and <laughs> yeah, we've, we've seen his finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just gone. All right, thank you very much, and just charged his way through. And I think I think it's Joe Scally that gets across, and he just kind of barges him out of the way and goes, "Not today, yeah, no, mate." Sorry, mate. <laughs> and just <laughs> rips into the uh, into the uh, into the far corner. And the place has just gone nuts. Not only because a we've gone two one up, we're winning a game away from home. B oh my god, we've scored a goal. We don't do that very often. But C all of those things combined, and the goal scorer is Eamon Barkar. Like, yeah, and he's <laughs> just turned to John Barnes and the Marrakan after something. It's, it's like what <laughs> what is happening? I don't know what's going on with my reference game today. Honestly, you are at it. This um, is good fun. But yeah, no, um, it, 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 an, it was an incredible goal. And honestly, so the running part of it is something we all know that he's got in his game that's like what he was like that was kind of his like superpower in quotation marks yeah. when he came through um, as a young player at Frankfurt uh, and I think what he was kind of showing at Dusseldorf when he was on loan there for a bit as well yeah. um, he's never really 
been given. I get if you're going to give him the absolute benefit bit of benefit of the doubt. Um, he's never really been played in a position where he's wide and running into space um, mm. because I, th- I think we've played him more typically in midfield or uh, sort of as a wing back where he's not really able to run for too long mm. uh, before turning back and giving it to someone else. So Most defences actually stand across the, the four at the back and don't allow that amount of space, which is one of the problems. Yeah, but then like he, he kind of... I, I can think of him doing that a couple of times when... So, like in a previous podcast that I used to do, where we were looking at like young players in, mm. in European top leagues, um, there was uh, a guy who just absolutely loved him uh, mm. when he was younger, and it was because he would do stuff like that. Mm. So maybe we need to start playing into his strengths a bit because he clearly he does have those strengths, mm. and we just haven't seen them very much. Um, but yeah, what I'm really surprised about more than anything is not so much the run, but it's the fact he finished it off. The fact he <laughs> it's finished a harder it off. finish than what he missed. But that's, I was surprised as well because by the time he picked the ball up, I'd been handed one of the big flags. And I'm stood in their way and waving one of these big flags, and he's got forward and he's put the goal in. He's put the ball in the in the net, and I, I emotion just took hold of me, and I'm just jumping around the away and waving this flag. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like a Mario character trying to get a mushroom out of a. <laughs> hey, look, look! I've already done the. I've overdone the uh, analogy. So oh, I'm sorry. Not keep doing that, all right? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I see your point. Uh, yeah, no, so that's a, an interesting image for sure. Uh, and I, you know, I've never been so glad to eat humble pie I mean I, I genuinely think I caused that goal so I think I put a message <laughs> in the group chat that that was my assist so sorry Anwar Al Ghazi yeah. I don't know if you really earned an assist on that anyway <laughs> the, the amount of space I, I, you pass the ball on the halfway line and yeah. then you get an assist I'm not sure but yeah so if anyone showed Eamon Barcock that tweet in between the miss and the goal then thank you very much yeah. I'm very glad about that unfortunately what that does then do is mean that we then immediately start sitting back on our lead yep. and allow a long period of gladback pressure yep. I can think of three absolutely exceptional saves by Robin Zentner yep. a couple of which honestly has no right to be making uh, and it's one of those things where he kind of in those moments repays some of the like the fact that we kind of stuck with him over Darwin is a bit 100%. better in your own play because yeah. Like those saves, like not many keepers are making those. No, he's taken a lot of flack this season. He took a lot of flack last season. Um, and there was a lot of talk in the summer about actually it would have been better to let Zentner go and bring and bring Darman through. But like you say, he proved himself again. Um, he's. I, I don't necessarily think he's had a bad season. I don't think he's had a lot of he's chance had fan, to he's have... He's had a thankless season. Like he hasn't, yeah. There's not really much he can do about most of the goals he conceded. Poor man's at the chiropractor every week for back pain, picking the ball out of the back of the net. It's... <laughs> Um, but like you say it's just three unreal saves like I think the, the second one I think you're thinking of is where the ball's been whipped in from the right hand side and there's like a downward header at the back post where he's got a cross and got a knee out to kind of flick the ball away and it's just one of those like I, I my eyes hadn't got to that side of the goal to realise that the lad had got up and won the header by the time that Zentner had got across himself to actually flick the header away it was, I can't think of the name of the player. So the first one's from Itakura, I think. The second one, I think, from the Czech lad who came on off the bench. Possibly, I don't know. And basically, the first, the, his, he misses two. He mm. has two that are saved by Zentner. And they were so close together that the, the, set, the third save that Zentner makes, I thought was a highlight mm. showing the second save. It was like a different save, but I was like, those are so close together. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't really compute to me that the game was still being played. No, uh, it was... It's just... Just exceptional from him, and it. I think the bitter thing is that you then are left with basically, oh, he has absolutely no chance again. He can't. He yeah. gets a hand to it, but it's just like you know, again, 
you can't perform super super early. No, I, I, I've seen talk on Twitter of, of him being at fault for the goal because he's too far out of his goal. He's he's not open enough to actually be able to make the save. And I think I, I I agree with you that once you've made kind of three or four world class saves. It's, at some point, it, stop at, letting them have chances. At, at, exactly. And at some point, it's not the goalkeeper's fault that he's not actually made this save. You've got to look at the defence. And, and the goal is the fault of the defence. I don't know who it was. that he's, I think it might have been Barcock, actually. But Scally picks the ball up and makes like a very simple movement to the right. It's a huge deflection as well, by the way. Like, is there a deflection? I haven't seen I, it. Yeah, I, it, look, I mean, it's, it looks like it kind of loops up. Like it's, for me, it's not a completely like direct. I, no, I think he, I think it is a direct. I, I don't uh, think there is when, a In that deflection. case, it's like... Uh, there's there's another goal I can think of in the history of football where it's like basically someone who's invisible has deflected that because it like it swerves so much. Yeah. Either, either basically like he's just replaced the D- Derby star football with a Jabulani, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> like for me it looked like it took a massive deflection. I might be wrong. Yeah. But I just I just think like basically like Zentner sets himself and then all of a sudden it's changed trajectory and he does really well to get a hand on it. But yeah, I I, I looking I was. Looked at the highlights kind of Saturday morning, but that was kind of within five minutes of waking up, and I wasn't really with it. But I, I don't think there is a deflection. I think, like you say, it's just a weird strike of the football. Like when he's when he step beyond the defender and come onto it, you kind of expect it like to be grued as kind of low, low, not low, but kind of true and rifled. Whereas this has been kind of scooped up and over, which you don't expect in that position. Um, but it's but, kind of scooped up and then finds the corner still as well. It's, it's, it's a weird goal, know. but it's. Um, it is the fault of the defence, like like you say. Zender can only make three or four world class saves and keep you in the game. Yeah, and this is Trent Scully. It's not like an incredible. No, exactly. It's just the, the right back. He scored one goal in some like sixty games. Yeah, and uh, like didn't score last season. Hasn't really come close this season. The defence has come out. They've not closed him down well enough, and it's a very simple movement to the right to open up that space to get the shot. And okay, it's in the eighty eighth minute. You can put it down to tiredness and whatnot, but. Having not won in 10, 11 games, I need you to get beyond that tiredness. I need you to be able to do your job, do the basics, which is stop the shot. And we don't, you know, we we can we don't concede that goal, which means that we come away, okay, yeah, we've got a point. We didn't lose today, which is the main thing. Away from home at Gladbach, which is never the easiest place to go, but also frustrated because again, it's two very very avoidable goals which we just at the, this time last season were not conceding yeah no for sure um, I think it's one of those ones I'm very happy to get the point on the board like I think that there is that sort of old cliche of like if you'd take it give me this before the game I'd have been yeah. your hand off I probably wouldn't have been your hand off I, I think we needed to get three points if possible and I'd have run the risk of not getting any to get three kind of thing Yeah. Um, but I would have been pretty happy with a point Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at the start of the game uh, for most of the first half I mean for the f- whole first half performance because I think you can take the Gruner mo- moment out of it and, it's, and there's just nothing there from Mainz no, 100%. Um, we didn't we wouldn't have deserved a point uh, and from the second half we probably were the better team up until our goal and then we sat in and they were the better team so I think you can look at it in terms of just like when the goals fell and then how the teams reacted to that that the, a draw is the correct result probably if yeah. you were to look at it in terms of like who's created the chances then Gladbach clearly were the better team mm. uh, but just in terms of like feeding from the momentum like both teams it was a two all it, it was a it was a typical two all game for me and uh, 
So it ended. I'm glad. To, yeah, glad to have two points on the board rather than one. Would have loved to have been on four, be out of the relegation zone, but we'll just have to do it against Bayern. Would we be week. out of the relegation zone? I think probably not, to be honest. I'm but I've, 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 I'm not looking at the table at this point. This season, no. Sheridan, uh, because it makes me feel sad. <laughs> so, I'd rather not but that leads us on to a question uh, or a discussion point that uh, Stephen sent us in on Twitter and um, he said on a scale of zero to the Hinrunder in 2021 how worried are you about this season? The Hinrunder of 2021 because I've not seen enough positive lights uh, oh, it's nowhere near that bad though but it is oh no it's not I like, I, we're seven games in with two points on the board um, which is what we had then so I know but like, there's just not enough Okay, we've got the two points, and there's more positives in the defensive units and whatnot. But there's there's no there's no positives apart from Bayern Gruder going forward. Like Oni Zivo isn't in the games. Like he's he's not even running in ways that he used to. He's not he's not hitting the channels as well as he used to. He's not hitting the space. He's not popping into little pockets. Ajorks not there. He's invisible. Um, Jason Lee, you might as well do a raffle in the crowd and let someone else have a go. Um, and I just every time I watch us play, I just don't. There's at no point do I think there's a goal coming from us. Well, so I think so. Yeah, that those those are all fair points. I think because you then basically mention everyone apart from the player that does individual moments in Gruder uh, in an attacking sense. I think you have to look at that as a structural thing of like we need to change things rather than individually these players are doing the wrong thing. But uh, where we probably differ in terms of like that that prognosis is that. Like, like we were saying earlier on the podcast, I think the issue is that as a team, we're making too many kind of like four out of 10 performances where it's like, it is kind of nearly there to being a decent performance. Like you, if basically if you improve a few things a little bit, then you can easily eke out a few decent results. Whereas in that Hinrunder in 2020, like we weren't even, we weren't hitting those highs even. Like there were players that just simply weren't interested. And I don't think it's for lack of interest that we're, play, that we're getting bad results at the moment. I think it's just that Maybe there's a little bit of a lack of creativity uh, in, in certain circumstances, and uh, I just think I think we maybe I think we mentioned on the podcast a few, like last week or maybe the uh, the episode before that that at one point Martin Schmidt had said that some of the way that we'd approach things was a little bit too cerebral, uh, and maybe it's that we're just kind of in our heads about previous mistakes that we've made, and they're not able to. Yeah. get out of that mode of cre- of just repeatedly doing the same wrong things so I don't know if they I think they to a certain extent defensively I don't think we need to change what we're doing I think we need to get rid of the attitude not not, not attitude in the sense of like they're not playing uh, with commitment and all that kind of stuff but more in, in a sense of like somehow find a way of improving their kind of confidence or something I don't know uh, and then in an attacking sense that's where tactically the work needs to be done yeah I, I it's all well and good but I feel like we do with doing that that we're just we're eeping into this kind of nothing zone of just expecting something to change eventually and, and kind of going okay well we need to look at this and we need to look at that and or if we tweak this slightly things will if we tweak things that way things will get better but we we haven't won a game in 12 games um, and we don't look like winning a game at the moment. And actually what we need is Friday night, we need to grind out a, a shit three points. Um, and, and we don't look like we're going to do that. And there's there's only so many games in a season. And if we keep going along with the, oh, but if we try and tweak this and if we try and tweak that, and, you know, it's got to change at some point. It doesn't have to change at some point. No, it has to change now. Yeah, like, no, you, We sure. have to put points on the but board. at the same time, some of the things I'd be suggesting wouldn't necessarily be tweaks. It'd be quite big changes. Like, if you take two underperforming t- attackers out of the team and put two people in their place, like, I think, for example, that 
you know, if not against Bayern, then definitely against by the time that we played Borkum, like Amor Ghazi has to be in the starting lineup yes. because he is one of the he, he, as well as Gruder is one of the players that's showing mm-hmm. a little bit of class in individual moments. Um, then, uh, like I think for, for me, like playing someone like who's you know maybe not kind of in that sort of headspace or deep like 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 bad form kind of vibe uh, is quite a. That's not a tweak. That's quite a big difference, I think. I, there has to be a, a systemic change. Um, there there has, does. There yeah. has to be a, a big change because actually what we need to do is go into a game and grind out three points because we're not going to get ourselves out of this rut without getting three points. Whether we get it against Bayern, is, you know, we've beaten them at home the last three times we've played them at home, excluding the excluding the cup game. Um, so, so you could look at that and go, oh, do you know what, maybe... Um, that would certainly close the circle if our, our last win in the league was buying at home and then if we beat them again at home you know whatever we'll take the three points where we can get them there needs to be a systemic change because I don't think just like a like for like replacement just replacing Lee with Algarzi for example I don't think we'll necessarily change anything because you're playing yeah. within the same system and all you're risking there is Algarzi coming in and being forced into a 5 out of 10 performance because he's got no room to manoeuvre and can, room to put in a better performance. Within that sort of framework that we've already got, you can change some of the individual positions of players in relation to another. So like El Ghazi's inter- interpretation of one of the wide forward roles is going to be different to Jason Lee. I think like he, as a trained winger rather than a trained midfielder, will sit, will search kind of to give us a bit more width in certain areas uh, and you know in, in certain things. I think he's definitely got a decent crack of a ball as well so yeah. should hopefully be able to do fit different things to that what you can also like we were talking about as well with Barcock in terms of maybe we need to find a way of letting him do what he's better at than finishing a ball yeah uh, in terms of like runs from deep and uh yeah committing players and all that yeah. kind of stuff maybe it is a case of like okay well we, we, this is the team that we selected this week um and then here are the couple of things that each of them do quite well like uh Ajorka links play quite well uh, and can hold the ball up, but he's not really, really. He's not really physical. He's not the best in the air, mm. uh, but he is. He is good on the floor and and is quite creative. I think with his passing. Uh, so what you need to do is get players close to him, and then I think I think it immediately falls at the first hurdle because we just are so deep that there's no one close to him whenever he gets the ball. So I think that's the point that you need to work out. Like how can we as a team gain five five meters immediately? Yeah, it needs to be a systemic change. You need we need to to change something um, completely to to actually get us out of this this rut, like you say. And if you're going to put if you're going to gain five yards, then you need to change the five at the back, which immediately makes us deep anyway. Yeah, or, um, or at least have the wing backs push up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think if you can, in terms of personnel as well, one of the exciting things was obviously Sylvain Vidma was back on the bench. Um, after a long injury um, and we would hope that he would be coming back into the first team within the next two or three weeks um, because he has been a huge miss we Hanger Olsen we know has gone for, for months now um, nobody knows what's happened to Philip Weiner. Um so there's still missing personnel that will come in and can change the game like you say if with, even within the system if the formation is the same there are personnel that can come in and, 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 and change things and, and maybe because gain us we're five so deep because we're playing Stefan Bell every minute well every yeah exactly I mean uh, and I think ultimately the player that he is at the stage of his career that he is like we have we all have a lot of respect and love for him as a player but 
Uh, I don't think he's 90 minutes Bundesliga like you, fulcrum you, of the team no, and you'd swap him for Hansel Olsen in a heartbeat yeah or, or, or to be honest like even if you could get like Maxim Leitch back to or Leitch yeah, something like that yeah. then pr- pretty much any other defence formulation that we could have yeah. but that, that back three that we played against Frankfurt of uh, it was uh, Fernandez, uh, Leitch and, and, and uh, was it Hansel Olsen or oh, Vandenberg played yeah uh, if you can get those three together again, then yeah. you know that's already something to build on without having to necessarily change the system. It's just the physicality and the uh, speed in that uh, rear guard kind of just allows the uh, the fullbacks to step up a little bit and yeah. add more to the attacking play, which is very clearly needed in our system because otherwise we have no width at all. But we've really gone into the weeds there. This has run already like to the length of the podcast that I thought we were going to be doing. So <laughs> incredible stuff. Uh, and we still have a little bit to talk on so let's not bother talking about the international teams uh, and players that are going to be in action because I just don't care Uh, and uh, to be honest I think we kind of have gone into some of the stuff that we should be focusing on going into the Bayern game Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we necessarily need to preview that we all know what Bayern are about and I'm looking forward to seeing Harry Kane playing in Germany for the first time I'm excited for that yep Uh, 100% live myself obviously he's played in Germany a few times now Yeah. Um, in fact no I have seen him play in Germany in 2016, when he uh, did a cross turn in the box and yes. uh, stuck one past the goalkeeper for England. So. Oh, yeah, I am interested to see who we'll line up with against Bayern because I feel like Harry Kane just dominating Stefan Bell for 90 minutes might actually break me. That might, <laughs> that, that might just be the end of my football career. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that would be a chastening experience for everyone. <laughs> one that's probably to be expected. So I think it's, it's one of those things, like Leverkusen, like we were talking about right at the start of the show, you can accept a defeat as long as the uh, fit, as long as it looks like in the next game is not going to be one yeah. kind of thing. As long as you keep doing the right things and you play properly and you try and get a result, then I can I can forgive you. Like I can forgive you getting absolutely bat- uh, paddled away uh, as long as you're giving it a right go and it looks like if we played the same way against Bochum the previous the, the following week that mm. it's not going to happen again. But yeah. we'll see. I'm sure we'll lose seven 0 and we'll be uh, moaning about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, whatever happens. Um, there is still some positive stuff to sing about elsewhere in the club, though. Um, so, a long list of bullet points about some of the uh, happy news. Um, so, I was there uh, on Sunday to watch the Frown team uh, in Mombach. They won 8-1 against SV Holtzbach. Uh, so, they're doing pretty well in the league. Still unbeaten in the club's history. And I think it was Mainz on tour on Twitter who pointed out that that goal against was the first that they've conceded in 50 years, if you include the previous incarnation of the women's team from the 70s. So my point to you, and I know you've never watched the women's team play. I haven't, not yet. Uh, I'm sure we'll correct that yeah, we will. in due course. But uh, do you think they're going to go another 50 years without conceding? So they have a, a version of Stefan Bell in the team because yeah. no, <laughs> they, in which case why not? Absolutely. Uh, so let's let's see what happens. Uh, the other thing, under 19s team. This is more your territory than mine, um, but uh, some good results recently. And don't, he, right, so he's just given me a smile. That's more just because you're more interested in. It. I'm not. That's not a dig. Um, <laughs> but they they beat Kaiserslautern three 0 in the cup at the previous weekend, and then before that had also gone away to Slovenia and beaten Maribor two 0 uh, so successful times for them. I think there, there is a return leg of that game against Mario. There is, on the 25th. Yeah, we've got the second leg to play first. Um, but I think the impressive thing, I looked at the teams for both games, and while there are a few players that I recognised from the final couple of games of last season that we were at, uh, so like Eustace Goetze was in there, I think mm-hmm. Dardari. Yep. Uh, 
there's a lot of new names and there's a lot of yeah. fresh talent at the club yeah. that's coming through and has started the season really well. The one name I wanted to pick out, and it's just purely because it's a good name, but he did score three goals across the two games, uh, is Melvin Joe Wiesner. So uh, do you want to analyse that in any way? You've, you've seen him play, I think, Sheridan. Yeah, but I, I've not got anything to say about his name. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's, it's, just Melvin. A, he's, <laughs> it's Melvin. It's <laughs> Melvin. It is a great name, isn't it? No, <laughs> the problem was like when I went to the I went to watch the Stuttgart game. So before Leverkusen, the um, first team played. We played Stuttgart in nineteens. Played Stuttgart at twelve thirty, and we went to watch that game. Um, and at 85, 86 minutes, we were two one down. And I wanted to get my spot on the terrace for the first team game. So I said, come on, let's, let's go now. And it ended up, we ended up winning the game 3-2. So first note of that is never leave a game early, lads, because you'll miss goals. Second note is I just need to stop going to Mike's games because clearly when I'm not there, we win. Yeah, I, I was kind of reflecting on this myself in the sense that so I, I've missed a few games recently for like various travel plans and stuff. Um, but last season, I seemed to like be at, not be at every game we won. So we started the season well before I moved out here. Uh, we uh, just on random games, it was like, oh no, I can't do that because I'm busy doing something else. We won. Uh, and then. How many of the 10 games, the unbeaten 10 game run, were you at? Le- Leverkusen at, away. I wasn't at Leverkusen, but I was at most of those games apart from, I think, Hertha and Freiburg. Hertha away at Freiburg home I didn't go to. Okay. Other than that, I think I was at all of them. Um, but a lot of the 10 game I'm beating was obviously draws as well that's so, also true yeah uh, and that would, that run was basically like where most of the wins that I saw that last season mm-hmm. were yeah I think I'm a bad luck charm but obviously me not going has not helped things either no. so I will be in the stadium well, next weekend <laughs> it's alright we'll be able to test it I'll be at the uh, the buy-in game obviously but I won't be at Bochum away sadly on the Friday night so and that's actually looking at the game a chance for us to go and pick up the three points so that's that's there we go My uh, if we beat Bochum uh, while I'm not at the game then I'm going to tear up my season ticket that'd be hard because it's a plastic card so I'll get some scissors out cut the thing to pieces and go I'm doing this for you Mainz and, <laughs> and hopefully we'll stay in the Bundesliga yeah well I look I look forward to seeing a shady character in a, like an oversized jacket and a moustache just like hanging out at the back of cube lock like, <laughs> with a future. roll of sellotape yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but until then Thanks everyone for listening. This has been a very silly episode, but uh, I think it had to be just to bring it a little bit of light. Just to keep lives. the mood up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back after the buying game, no doubt discussing whatever happened then. So until then, goodbye. Joel.